so long since I've it's seen been you forever oh my you guys it's been like a couple hours <laughs> it's been like like half a day almost 24 hours well no it's been like 15 yeah sure we um <laughs> why am I confused I'm not sure we <laughs> hung out at our friend's place yesterday for Halloween, Halloween. activities we got to call on Cthulhu? Cthulhu? Why, why do Cthulhu. I struggle? Because it's a fucking weird word. <laughs> Name? Um, my character survived. Yeah, mine fucking didn't. <laughs> Mind you, I wasn't planning on playing. And then they're like, here, you're playing. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, you're an antiquarian. I was like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you like to read. Yeah. That's, I mean, it, it matched. It fit. <laughs> I was a fortune teller. And the backstory we came up with was... The person running the archaeological dig, I was like their mother's psychic because she's super superstitious. Um, so the whole time I was just like, darlings, you gotta watch out. There's bad energy here. The spirits, they're calling to me. She always had bad vibes. And then I just like showed up after the the what the rock <laughs> fell or something, and everyone was like, What? Like, when did you get here? I, I was like four foot something. <laughs> made me short that was so funny oh my oh, gosh man. Yeah. that was my favorite costume i've ever put together yeah it, it came cute. out like so it. well hell yeah i got a lot of compliments on it and legit like boosted my ego we hell yeah. we went to the grocery store beforehand and i got some like random comments there and one lady she like rolled by in her little scooter and she was like you look fabulous darling like, oh darling like, thank you yes <laughs> So it was fun. How kind of you to say. It was a good time. We tried yeah. the TikTok craze of the Negroni Spagliata <laughs> with Prosecco. It's terrible. It, it was, wasn't terrible. It, it was wasn't, just interesting. It, you, you needed more champagne to off balance yeah. the, I guess, offset. the ver offset. Yeah. yeah. The vermouth. The vermouth mm -hmm. was the bitter part. Yeah. yeah. You are supposed to have like an orange slice in it, and we forgot that. So that might have been part of it too. I don't think the citrus would have done much. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I still have my it water. It was interesting and on theme. It was. So. Yeah, it was. I was not on theme. Cool to try. You were a, well. I was a, so I had like, again, I wasn't planning on doing all the things. And then I decided last minute that I was going to go. And so I was like, well, I got to do like makeup at least. So I did makeup of a shield maiden. Why was that? Why Pat? would I do oh the makeup my, of a oh shield my. maiden? I wonder because that's what our episode is about today. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell like, yeah. I know I've been promising a, a shield maiden episode to Rachel for like ever. And if you haven't figured it out by now, this is our third reverse damsel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What does that mean, Kat? Well, how about we introduce our oh, podcast that first? Hi. <laughs> you are listening to a podcast about shield maidens. About shield maidens only. <laughs> it is. You're listening to Difficult Damsels. This is a podcast about badass, amazing, and sometimes problematic women of history. Hell yeah. I'm Rachel. I'm Kat. <laughs> the, the awkward pots. I looked at you like, what do I do? <laughs> and oh, um, this is a reverse damsel where Kat 
tells Rachel the story yes. and Rachel reacts and interrupts, which apparently some people find rather annoying eagerly. when oh, we yeah. have interruptions. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. <laughs> oh yeah, we finally got um we finally got some reviews and a couple of them They were... missed the assignment where we said five stars only. <laughs> right? It's okay no, though. They um we totally welcome constructive criticism, but not when you completely miss the mark. <laughs> well, so if if your criticism is the format of the show, which is usually I tell a story and Kat reacts, but in this instance, it'll be Kat tells a story and I react. I don't know what to tell you. That is the format of this show. If yeah. you want a history podcast with just one host, they exist. Um, and it is not us. It is not us, but I can <laughs> gladly point you in the direction of those podcasts. One really good one, if you want to learn about women from history, is called The Other Half. Oh, yeah. Um, it's done by a fantastic British guy whose accent just is amazing, and I love it. <laughs> and he covers amazing women from history. So and that doesn't have an interrupting cow. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole point of this, oh. so that's why we wanted to do it. So if, if that is your criticism, you are welcome to it, but you're listening to the wrong podcast. And look, we're not bashing you. If you want to criticize us, that's fine. Yeah. But again, don't be mad because of the format. Yeah, the format is the if format. If you don't like it. Bye bye. We love you. We appreciate you trying. Yeah. Good luck. And <laughs> and look, many people find me annoying, but it's okay. But a lot of people because I am shameless about it. <laughs> a lot of people love you. And if it was guys. we were talking about this, if it was just me doing the podcast, I promise you, you would get bored. <laughs> I would get bored. I would get bored. And Everybody myself would get bored. So I think one of the comments did mention they were listening to an older episode, um, and I do think our format has. We've just gotten our rhythm down. Yeah. Where you, you've learned to react like in the pauses and not in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. So I, I've had a friend who, I had a friend who, um, she was like, she's like, I don't know how to say this without being an asshole, but like, why do you guys talk about your cats so much? And I'm like, okay, so you're clearly a skipper. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, we take like the first, what, 10, 15 minutes to just joke around and yeah. catch up and say hi and have just like a random conversation and if you don't like that you skip ahead 10 to 15 minutes and suddenly you're in the story <laughs> that's what i do with my favorite murder yeah so. exactly so if you're a skipper we talk about skip. the cats so much because literally well, one of, of them it. is a third co-host <laughs> yeah they're literally part of it they scream the entire time <laughs> but yeah either way we do appreciate the fact that more people are engaging um because yeah. more people are listening so we'll mention it now top of the episode the best way to support us is to rate, review, and subscribe. I think one of the best comments we got in the past was it was basically about how they really enjoyed the podcast and they wanted to get more of the personalities of the secondary characters. Hell yeah. And I took that to heart. I was like, you know what? That, I, that right. makes sense. Yeah. And so I try to do that with like, husbands brothers friends adversaries if i can like make more of a stephen of blah type of <laughs> character out of a rival hey, sometimes our secondary characters that. are pretty entertaining. They, they are pretty entertaining <laughs> so. stephen of blah has, stephen of blah. Uh, has stuck around in um in memory since episode two so Hell yeah <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, like for real, we appreciate all of the new listeners. There have been a lot yeah, of you. Yeah, welcome, guys. And welcome. <laughs> and if you haven't heard a reverse damsel episode yet, you are in for a treat. You are in for a treat. And this, if this is the first episode of Difficult Damsels you're listening to, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or do it and then be very surprised when I'm the one telling most of the stories. <laughs> like, I'm so confused. <laughs> All right, Kat. Let's right, hear about the shield maidens. Let's uh, go. Are you ready for this? I was born ready. I'm going to kick this off with a quote immediately. It's a very long quote, okay. but here we are. <laughs> All right. There were once women in Denmark who dressed themselves to look like men and spent almost every minute cultivating soldier skills. They did not want the sinews of their valor to lose tautness and be infected by self-indulgence. Loathing a dainty style of living, they would harden body and mind with toil and endurance, rejecting the fickle pliancy of girls and compelling their womanish spirits to act with a, with a virile ruthlessness. They courted military celebrities so earnestly that you would have guessed that they had unsexed themselves. Those especially who had forceful personalities or were tall and elegant embarked on this way of life. As if they were forgetful of their true selves, they put toughness before allure, aimed at conflicts instead of kisses, tasted blood, not lips, sought the clash of arms rather than the arms embrace, fitted to weapons hands which should have been weaving, desired not the couch but the kill, and those they could have appeased with looks they attacked with lances. That's awesome. Hell yeah. I want that on my tombstone. Right? That whole thing <laughs> right there yeah. on my tombstone. <laughs> Let's go back to episode, the previous one, and there. That, yeah, that's that one. Tombstone. We rewind, that we change one. our answer. <laughs> that's awesome. So that is a quote from um, Saxo Grammaticus's History of the Dane circa the mm. 12th century. I'll get a little more into him later. She, you're really getting into the historical text. Hell right? yeah. Right? I've heard of that. I'm proud of you. Heck yeah. yeah. By the 8th century, this image of a female warrior was neither new nor original. Following the collapse of the Western Roman Empire, Europe experienced an age of turbulence and upheaval. From the early 4th century to the early 8th century, large-scale migrations took place across Europe. The migration settlement and invasions of Germanic tribes like the Goths, the Cimbri, and the Vandals helped popularize the image of a female warrior. These tribes placed high importance on martial skills and armies were said to include female warriors. So why am I talking about female warriors after that glorious, glorious quote? I'll tell you why. Okay. I was like, <laughs> um, cause they're amazing. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you a reason? question so you could feel my fear I every time it. you ask me a like, question. Oh my God, it's a pop quiz. <laughs> my heart goes, oh, fuck. Every time. In Nordic folklore, a skjaldmare, also known as a shield maiden, but skjaldmare oh. is Old Norse, okay. was a female warrior who fought side by side with male counterparts in raids, battles, and wars. These shield maidens varied in age, physicality, social, and mar marital status. Many were said to have temporarily joined Viking raids or battles and then returned home to a life of domesticity. I'm doing what you did. And choosing all the hard words. So, you know, you don't think these words are going to be hard, and then you have and then to you say read them. them, and you're like, "Shit!" <laughs> like this sounded smart when I wrote it, and then yeah. I realized I had to read it. Honestly, that's the story of my life. Everything I write sounds really fucking smart, mm -hmm. and then I speak, I and actually, it all goes out the window. <laughs> uh, not related to podcasting, but I think when it comes to writing in general, especially if you're trying to write a novel. It's kind of good to read it out loud and see mm -hmm. if it actually like rolls off the tongue. If it, it totally doesn't, is. you might need to 
not to say dumb down <laughs> your writing, but make it a little more. Well, you accessible. especially need to read your dialogue aloud. Yes. Because if you your dialogue doesn't make sense when you're saying it out loud, it's not going to make sense when people are reading it. Yeah. <clears throat> that was the best trick I ever learned. Really quick. Um, I'm going to be the one interrupting now. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously we're just getting into the history of the shield maidens, but they already remind me a little bit of, um, a lot of the Japanese women mm -hmm. that we've covered, especially during the feudal era where basically they could be domestic, but when war happened, they were also trained so they could go to war with men Yeah, because you needed every Why would you not do that? You need the bodies and the hand. numbers. <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. So there's also a reference to the Amazons in here too. Yeah. Like not from me, but from Saxo Grammaticus himself. <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to be like? <clears throat> we have our history daddy, which is Herodotus. We have our crazy history uncles from Rome. So this will be like... I will be. I feel like he's our history family friend. Yeah, like our cool history yeah, family yeah. friend. I don't know if he's cool, but oh, he's okay. definitely a history family friend. <laughs> he's the little wacky history yeah, family yeah, yeah. friend that we're just kind of like, where did you come from? What is happening? <laughs> okay. Exacto. Okay. So other women were said to have taken a lifelong vow to become a warrior. And then further reasons for females becoming shield maidens include somewhat misogynistic reasons, including lack of a male family member or to escape a forced marriage or an abusive husband. I mean, at least I guess they had that avenue. Yeah. Well, in theory. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It just, it sucks that that's always been a thing. Yeah. And still is. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> I would go to war too if I had to get away from a crazy right? husband. I would murder my me. husband and then go to war. But yeah. for legal reasons, I would never do that <laughs> for ever. For legal reasons. <laughs> I would never marry, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> so as Judith Jench, how do you say her last name? Jesh? 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 It's J-E-S-C-H for everyone who's listening. I'm going to go with Jesh. Judith Jesh. <laughs> Jesh. Author of Women in the Viking Age, which was published in 1991 and is one of my primary sources. The old Norse word vikinger only applied to men, usually to those men who embarked from Scandinavia in their famous longboats and sailed to such far-flung places as Britain, Europe, Russia, the North Atlantic Islands, and North America between roughly uh, 800 to 1100 CE. <laughs> I had AD in here. <laughs> Um, oh. that's also like the samurai, like how the women could never be named as samurai. Yeah, because that would ruin your image. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Cool. So these Vikings became infamous as fierce warriors and brutal raiders. They were also accomplished traders who established trade routes all over the world. They formed settlements, founded towns and cities like Dublin being the most famous mm -hmm. one that they formed. Yep. And they left a lasting impact on the local languages and cultures of the places where they landed their ships. So a lot of people, all they see is that like berserker yeah. Viking who's like, ah, I'm crazy and I want to do battle and kill everyone. They're not all like that. <laughs> well, yeah, they also integrated with the culture. So you have a lot of like England's a perfect ex example where the Norsemen who landed ended up marrying the women yeah. and then creating basically like a new type of person. Weird. <laughs> Weird how that works, guys. We can all live together in, in peace sometimes. 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 Unless you're Ivar the Bumbles. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ivar. <laughs> well, early, earlier historical research about the Vikings had theorized that the seafaring Norsemen traveled in male-only groups, perhaps due to lack of a desirable mate in Scandinavia. Apparently that's a thing. There were more men than women. Oh, interesting. That is a problem. 
<laughs> a more recent study tells a very different story. In the newer study published in late 2014, I didn't name it, I apologize, but I, this is not a scientific podcast. <laughs> it's not. Can confirm. <laughs> can confirm. Researchers used mitochondrial DNA evidence to show that Norse women joined their men for Viking age migrations to England, the Shetland and Orkney Islands and Iceland, and were important agents in the processes of migration and assimilation. Especially in previously uninhabited areas such as Iceland, Norse women were vital to populating the new settlements and helping them thrive. Because guys, if you only bring men with you, you're going to die. Why is that? <laughs> because the birds and the bees. If you didn't have this conversation with your parents, I'm not here for you. <laughs> like, but babies just come from storks. No, Rachel, we've had this conversation before. Or you could be like a dragon and then just change from one sex to the other. That would be so much better. That's that's how the <laughs> lore in the Song of Ice and Fire works. Like dragons are intersex. They can go either way. That's fantastic. Isn't it? We would be so much better off if we could just do that. Y'all. Y'all. Let's just be dragons. <laughs> let's learn. How, let's just be dragons. <laughs> I was going to say let's learn how to do that. But be dragons is a much better thing to do. Much be better dragon. Course. Yeah. Burn shit down. Burn shit down. No, Rachel. No, no. No, why not? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> For legal reasons, Rachel's not an arsonist. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> My house is on fire tonight. She might be. <laughs> Probably be in the house. <laughs> yeah, you might be. <laughs> All right. So before we get too in-depth about shield maidens, I wanted to make your little heart sing with historical context. Yes! <laughs> so I'm I kind of... So I was kind of worried because like, I was just going to do like little short bursts of facts. And I was like, this is actually really interesting for me. So I'm going to do it. I focus mostly on like what happens in England because that's like the big mass mm -hmm. where everyone went. Um, but I do add a little bit of other things in there. Okay. So what began as a simple pirate raid on a monastery in 793 CE would evolve into an occupying army and colonization by the Norse throughout the following two centuries. They lasted for two mm -hmm. centuries. The raid on the monastery at Lindisfarne, an island off the northeast of England in 793 CE, like I already said, traditionally <laughs> marked as the beginning of the Viking Age. This bloody raid for treasure shocked local elites and much of the rest of Europe. Well, Ow. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> you have to also think this is an era where Christianity is really amping up. People, people didn't touch monasteries. So the fact that like you have this new group of people coming in and they have no idea that that is a sacred place for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> you don't, you don't touch those. So yeah. People would have been shocked. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting. Like they didn't know what it was. It was a building that had gold. Yeah. They're like, hi, why yeah, would is. you put your gold in a church? Yeah. <laughs> That's your fault. Because <laughs> everyone else knows not to touch it, but the Vikings mm -hmm. are like, we didn't get that memo. Yeah. Sorry. They, they missed it. Yeah. They were, they, the they raven were went somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Sorry guys. <laughs> So Alguin, an Anglo-Saxon scholar working at the court of the Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne, wrote of the raid, Never before has such terror appeared in Britain as we have now suffered from a pagan race. The heathens poured out the blood of saints around the altar and trampled on the bodies of saints in the temple of God like done in the streets. I wonder if that's an exaggeration. No fucking shit. <laughs> also, I wonder if that was the Charlemagne or one of the like many that followed. I don't know which Charlemagne it was. It was probably one this of the many the, that isn't this, a, this is like at the end of the Roman Empire. Empire. Oh, yeah. So it would be the Byzantine Empire yeah. and Charlemagne was actually Roman. Yeah. Okay. You have to get random tangents. <laughs> All right. So now we've heard from very dramatic Algwin. 
I'm sure it was terrifying because again, yeah, they think these monasteries are untouchable because everyone knows they're untouchable. And, and if anyone Viking friends are like, no, if anyone defiles a church, clearly they are of the devil, which is yeah. how the Christians view them. Yeah, uh, literally, as they call them, heathens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the raid on Lindisfarne marked the beginning of what would become known as the Viking Age. Following the Germanic Iron Age, the Viking era lasted from, as I said earlier, 793 to 1066 CE. So I just want to be clear on this before we go ahead. Viking is a way of life and a career path, essentially. It's not a people. Yeah. So Vikings is the modern name given to seafaring people originally from Scandinavia, present day Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. Mm-hmm. They're also called Norsemen and or Northmen. They were raiders, pirates, traders, explorers, and colonizers during the 9th and the 11th century. The Vikings were specifically part of the like military group yeah they they were the ones that would do the raiding exactly so a lot of people think viking is synonymous with like the people and it's like yeah they're not like (laughs) they're scandinavians who happen to be vikings yeah so just wanted to make that clear for everyone the raidings and then the norsemen come to they follow yeah yeah all right so we're gonna get into some important dates like two pages worth (laughs) okay Cool. All right. So from around 835 CE, Viking raids soon began to plague more and more settlements around the English coast. The lack of political unity in England, the wealth of the monasteries, and the ease of raiding were all factors in the increased occurrence of Viking raids. However, by the mid-9th century, the declining security situation in England presented an opportunity for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. In eight, they would figure it out. Like, yeah. you're getting raided. Maybe put some more defense in place maybe come together but no our (laughs) egos will not let us (laughs) men Men. so in 840 ce norse settlers found what would become dublin ireland in 844 ce muslims repel a viking raid in spain the rapid muslim response dissuaded further viking raids on spain (laughs) vikings were like no thanks we saw that in vikings yes Mm -hmm. yes a lot of these series are like given the Nods in Vikings. In 865 CE, a series of Viking armies sailed across the North Sea and began to mount a series of invasions of the various Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. Though this has been described as the Great Heathen Army, it was never a unified force, but made up of several armies with different leaders amongst them, including, according to legend, the famous Ragnar Lothbrok and Ivar the Boneless, who we know from Vikings fame. And the sons of Ragnar! Hell yes! <laughs> Which you would get Ragnar's son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ragnar's son. That's why. If in oh, Viking wow. in Viking culture, um, the adding of S-O-N to mm-hmm. the father's name is the last name. Yeah. I don't know why Lothbrook is his last name. Because <laughs> he's the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he didn't have a father. <laughs> he does. He was from the gods, Cat. Yeah, yeah, okay. you're right. Oh, yeah, he was Odin's son. <laughs> me too <laughs> me too <laughs> um but yeah so if you put the son after the father's name that's a male and if you put dotir so d-o-t-t-i-r oh it's the daughter and that's where we get son and daughter yeah cool yeah so that's i knew the tangent. son one i didn't yeah. realize the daughter yeah, yeah. jinx you owe me a coke you can't jinx me when you know what i'm gonna say i didn't know what you were gonna say we literally said it at the same time you owe me a coke you knew where I was going. I didn't. <laughs> Guys, vote on this if who's right. <laughs> she owes me a coat. No. She owes me money. 
So these invasions would see over a decade of conquest in which the Viking warriors would subjugate nearly all of the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. Yeah, Vikings were a big problem for England. Yeah. (laughs) They were not ready. It doesn't help when you have multiple kingdoms that are at war with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just left open. 866 CE, Vikings establish a kingdom in York. Mm -hmm. Where's York? (sighs) Don't test me on my own fucking (laughs) episode. York is in Northern England. I knew it was in England. (laughs) It's like that far. It's very close to the border of Scotland. (laughs) Oh, okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. You're helpful. (laughs) I know that because, well, a lot of stuff happens in York because of the War of the Roses and then um, Elizabeth stuff too. Hell yeah. So in 872, Harold Finehair becomes the first king of Norway under rule until 930 CE. I hated him in Vikings. I know. Ugh. I actually liked him. Oh, I like the actor. I don't know. About the actor that. is very good. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny because like I've read Finehair. I've read Fair Hair. Like his, his. He apparently had beautiful hair. Yeah. He had great hair apparently. <laughs> like I'm jealous. <laughs> 878 to 890 CE. The Vikings had conquered the kingdoms of Northumbria, East Anglia, and almost all of Mercia. Only the Kingdom of Wessex in southwest England remained led by Alfred the Great. And what was that known as? What? The Last Kingdom. Oh. <laughs> and that's why that show is called Hell yeah. The Last Kingdom. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> I I guessed that you were going to question me on it, so I told you where yeah. Wessex was. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I've played Assassin's Creed Vikings, so I know where Wessex is. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I love how we get all of our information from like things like that. Video games, like video games yeah. and books and, and shows. shows and, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. So a battle between the last Anglo-Saxon kingdom, which is Wessex, and Viking forces at Eddington saw a crushing victory for King Alfred and a peace treaty known as the Danelaw Pact was enacted. Alfred the Great! Alfred the Great! Viking rule in England lasted almost two centuries, like I said earlier. <laughs> the Viking warriors soon married and interbred with local Anglo-Saxon population to form a new Anglo-Scandinavian elite. Yes. This presence is still felt in England today, both linguistically. Over 3,000 words, mm-hmm. English words, have Scandinavian roots. And like ge- son and daughter, maybe? Yeah, yeah weird. <laughs> <laughs> and geographically, uh, 1,500 English place names have mm-hmm. Old Norse origins. That's so cool. Yeah. And a lot of... Wasn't it also... A lot of the Norse mythology might have even come from like Germanic mythology, which bled into like Britain mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's all, yeah, it's all connected. It's, it's really all cool. connected, guys. We are all connected. Anyway. <laughs> so 900 CE, Vikings began raids along the Mediterranean. A few years later, Olaf the Wise led a force to Constantinople, which is now Istanbul, where he was handsomely paid to leave. <laughs> They're like, please go. They're like, we have money. We don't want to deal with you. We've seen how this story ends. We did not and like the ending. Some of the kingdoms in um, England like kind of figured that out, where if you pay them, they'll mm-hmm. go. But like, if you don't pay them enough, they'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> Olaf was paid to never come back. <laughs> the Mediterranean was a little harder to get to as well, because you basically had to, well, sail into... Um, the little bay between Spain and Morocco and then go through the Mediterranean. So yeah. England is a lot easier. To yeah. Trade. England's just like water all around. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked all around. <laughs> so I forgot to mention before we move on, I have a picture of Lindisfarne. It's really cool. Um, it's, it's ruins, but you can tell 
it was built in the old Romanesque (laughs) architectural (laughs) style. Um, Romanesque is very, like, simplistic. It just has the the regular archways and, like, the simple buttresses. But um, still very beautiful. Heck yeah, yeah. It is really pretty. A lot of Roman art architecture was built with the idea of keeping God in mind because Christianity was really picking up in this time period. So the idea was your gaze would be lifted to the ceiling of these monasteries and churches and make you think of God. Ah, I see what you did there. But like, look at the ruins. The ruins are really nice. So can you imagine being a Viking and be like, bitch, I'm right in that place. Look, that probably has money. Yeah. (laughs) Money in there as I lose my breath. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Plus they like, Keep like gold gilded windows. Yeah, and, like, stained like, glass. You guys were like, asking. It's not a secret. You guys were asking <laughs> to get robbed. <laughs> oh man! All right. So moving on. Uh, Nine ten CE, the Battle of Tettenhall, Wednesfield. Is that? How, is that? Did I say that, that sounds right? right to me? Wednesfield. Sure. Correct now. <laughs> if you if you watch the Last Kingdom, you know exactly what this battle is. It's the battle between Northumbrian Vikings and the combined forces of Mercia and Wessex that saw the defeat of the last great Danish army in England. So this was right. the last time. I know, right? <laughs> this was the last time they really, like, combined forces and mm-hmm. went to town on England. What a crazy concept where, like, once England comes together. Yeah, if they combine their forces, you should probably combine yours. Yeah. Just a thought for <laughs> everyone out there. Uh, 9-11 CE, Viking Chief Rolo. Is- Rolo! <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. I forgot how attractive the man who plays Rolo is yes. in Vikings. And I'm just like, hi, sir. I'm here for you. Uh, he's granted land by the Franks after the siege of Paris. His descendants and followers adopted the local languages and became Normans. And then the Normans eventually invade England. And a lot of you are- It comes full circle and I will talk about it. Oh, shit. Stop okay. it. <laughs> if you're if you're Stop in, England, your goddamn if you're in England, you might be related to Rolo because a lot of yeah. people are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry, <laughs> my nerd coming out. I love your nerd. <laughs> so 941 CE, Rus Vikings attack Constantinople, taking advantage of the Byzantine fleet and army being so thinly spread. Who are the Rus Vikings? The Rus Vikings are Russian Vikings. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. That's all I know. If that is wrong, <laughs> yeah. then we are done. <laughs> you remember our girl, um, Olga. Olga of Kiev. Of Kiev. Yes. Yes. Related. She came down from the Rus Vikings. Heck yeah. I was about to talk about her a little bit in here, but I like, we already did that. Did we already do that? We already did that. We did Olga yeah, of yeah. Kiev <laughs> with her fire sparrows and burning down entire towns. Go yeah. listen to the episode. Go it's listen. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to give a nod to her, but I'm glad you did because I was like, we've already done a whole episode nod. Yeah. <laughs> 981 CE, Eric the Red, having been expelled from both Norway and Iceland, discovers Greenland. Eric! Within 20 years, more than 3,000 settlers were being were said to be living on Greenland as farmers. So fun, he gets kicked out and he's like, look, I will do my own I thing. I will just start a new country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> 986 CE, Viking ships sight Newfoundland? Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Uh, okay. I thought it was Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Okay, Newfoundland. I could be wrong. Which is North America. (laughs) Leif Erikson is credited with discovering the region, but according to the stories of Bjarni Herjolfsson, I'm so sorry (laughs) if I pronounced any of these names wrong, I'm trying, who who first discovered the land after being blown off course from a journey to Greenland. So he Columbus did and was like, oopsies, I found something else. (laughs) Yeah, so this is hundreds of years before Columbus. 500. Five? Nine? 500. <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually Norsemen who discovered 
Hell the yeah. North American continent. Leif Erikson would go on to discover the new world about 10 to 15 years later. Woohoo! After, oh, yeah. after Bjarni got lost. I was like, look, <laughs> how exciting. 995 CE, Norway's King Olav, oh, I like this name, Trigvasen. 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 That's what it is. That is what it is now. I said it with confidence, so now it is real. <laughs> Builds a Christian church. His return to Norway would begin Norway's slow conversion to Christianity via its chief. King Olav basically like went back and he said, you're going to be Christian. And he would impose trade restrictions on those that refused. Oh, look, Christians trying to impose yeah. their way on other Christians, even in the Viking How age. weird. They weren't yeah. Christian. They were, they were Old Norse. Throughout the late 10th century, Viking raids became more and more frequent. A defeat to the Vikings saw King Æthelred <clears throat> referred to as the unready because mm-hmm. his reign is commonly described as one of the worst reigns in yep. English history. Um, That's Is that Edbert's son? I think so. No. No. No, he would have been one of um, Alfred's He's sons. Alfred's grandson. grandson. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Viking raids saw him pay a large sum of money to the Danish king, but the Viking raids still ravages the kingdom. Oopsie poopsies. So unfortunately, this is bad because remember, we are in the Dane Law Pact yes. era, as it were. Oh yes. Yes. So <laughs> basically, as these raids are ravaging the kingdom, they all get pretty upset about it. And on November 13th, 1002 CE. Ethelred ordered the killing of all the Danes that lived in his kingdom. The St. Bryce's Day Massacre saw a significant loss of life for the Danes, though there is little historical evidence of a specific number. So it's probably a lot. It's a lot. It's women, it's children, it's old folk, it's warriors, it's everyone. Anyone who was on English soil was like open to murder. It was basically like... um, St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Yes, thank you. Amongst this also, is this is the worst religiously part. motivated. Yeah, weird. Like, this is the sure. worst part. I don't know that. I mean, it was religiously motivated, but it was also like they were tired Culturally. of being raided. Yeah, yeah. And I they wanted that. It was it was more like politically because they wanted a return to what they were before the Viking or before so the Danish came in. Yeah. Okay. So this is what ha- this is why this was so bad. Among the dead were the sister and brother-in-law of the king of Denmark. Oh, that's a Sven problem. Sven Forkbeard. <laughs> yes. That's a problem. So clearly they're not just going to sit by and go, oh, oopsie poopsies. We'll just never, poopsie. we'll just never go there again. You're right. We'll never go there um, again. So where are my sister and yeah, brother-in-law? How weird that, um, <laughs> it's weird. You know, I, I my, haven't been able to get them on the phone for quite some time. I put my axe down, but I'm thinking my arm is like feeling very lonely right yeah. now. And I might have to pick it up again. Yes. So... <laughs> With the disappearance and possible murder of his sister and his brother-in-law, Sven Forkbeard launched an invasion in England in 1003 CE, eventually joined by another Viking ruler, Thorkel the Tall. He was so tall. He was very tall. It's his, no- it's his nominator. <laughs> nominator? Is that what it's called? <laughs> Moniker. Damn it. <laughs> nominator. <laughs> quiet. I don't know. That's the- I had all the letters right. <laughs> That's sweet. Nomenclature. That would, that's what I was trying to say. It's not it, though. <laughs> anyway, Thorkel the Tall led another invasion of England in 1009 CE. The following two years saw Sven, I want to say Sven every time. I don't know if it's pronounced Sven, but it's spelled Sven. I don't know. I'm going to say Sven because it's just so much easier to say. <laughs> okay. Sven waged 
a bitter war, sacking and ravaging much of Wessex, whilst Thorkell would swap his support between Wessex and Forkbeard. Because mm. why would you need to pick a side when you can pick both? Exactly. He's very <laughs> opportunistic. Yeah, it doesn't end well for him. <laughs> In late 1012 CE, Forkbeard's men descended onto London to seek a final battle against Aethelred and Thorkell, who was at the time aligned with England. Forkbeard was crowned king of England on Christmas Day, 1013 CE. It's always Christmas Day. It's always Christmas always. Day. Like, literally every king is crowned Christmas Day. Listen, they plan it that way. Clearly. Okay, you take over in March, you gotta wait till You December. gotta wait till Christmas. <laughs> he was now the king of Norway, Denmark, and England, and was established an empire across the North Sea, which is what historians now refer to as the North Sea Empire, rivaled at its height only by the Holy Roman Empire wow. in terms of political importance and size. I wanted really to go into that, but I'm not going to because this is not an episode about Vikings specifically. <laughs> anyway. However, Sven's reign was cut short by his sudden death in 1014 CE. His son, Canute the Great, took power of his father's empire in 1028 CE. Do not ask me what happened from 1014 to 1028 because <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I think it was just it went back and forth and it was just watch the other Vikings. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think it was a lot of infighting and a lot of like trying to get power. More politicking. Yeah. More politicking. Yeah. Um, This was considered the high point of the Viking age in England. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember Canute married um, the former queen. I think it was Aethelred's might've been Aethelred's queen. Hell yeah. And that's how they like, they did like an, a marriage alliance. If yeah. I remember, I know he marries um, the badass queen from Vikings. Hell yeah. All right. So I kind of skipped ahead a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> I was like, that's enough for today. Uh, Canute's successor in Denmark, his son, Hartha Knut. Hartha Knut? I don't know. That guy. <laughs> proved to be an unpopular ruler both in England and in the Dane law. Uh, he imposed high taxes that the population resented so much that they invited Edward, son of Aethelred the Unready, back to govern from his exile in Normandy wow. in 1042 CE. Wow. They're like, look, he's really bad at this. Your dad wasn't great at it, but this guy's worse. You better be better. <laughs> we're going to take your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just know that we can replace you because we're replacing you with someone else <laughs> or replacing someone else with you. Uh, when Edward eventually died in 1065 CE, the crown passed to Harold Godwinson, and then it would pass to William, Duke of Normandy. Fun, um, fun William fact. The Conqueror. Yes. So Edward promised the crown to William, Duke of Normandy, but for whatever reason, it passed to Godwinson first. Because he was there, and William was um, probably too young. I don't know. No, he wasn't too young because he well, nine months. He was. I mean, he's literally over in France. He's in That's a different true. country, so it's easier to take over yeah. when you're. That's true. On the land. So the nine- that didn't matter because then yeah. William the Conqueror was like, well, yeah, he's like, well, fuck you, I'm in. <laughs> so the nine-month reign of Harold Godwinson was marked by invasions. First, Godwinson brilliantly defeated the Norwegian King Harold Hardrada, who was aided by Godwinson's half-brother, Tostig, at the Battle of Stamford Bridge in- on September 25th, 1066 CE. This victory was very short-lived, as news broke shortly that William, Duke of Normandy, had invaded southern England in order to claim the English throne, which he believed was rightfully his. Basically, the reason they died is they won this battle. Um, Godwinson's men won this battle, and then he was like, so we gotta go get that guy. And so they marched to get that guy, and they were so exhausted that it didn't last very long. 
And it didn't end well for no. them at all. No. <laughs> and then the line of kings you have in England now yeah. comes from William the Conqueror. Yeah. So William, Duke of Normandy, marched triumphantly into London and was crowned king of England on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, 1066 <laughs> CE. <laughs> the Norman invasion of England marked the death knell of the Anglo-Scandinavian elite. William would subjugate all of England and replace the Anglo-Scandinavian elite with a new Norman elite. Old English and Old Norse would be replaced by Norman French mm-hmm. as the language of the new kingdom of England. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's amazing how, like, one person takes over and we're like, we're changing everything. Yeah. <laughs> so 1066 CE is generally given as the end date of the Viking era in English history. So it ends not only the Viking era, but the Old English era. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. very interesting. It's a big end for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So now that we are fully immersed in the viking age a half an hour later yeah yeah, yeah. it's fine i told you it was gonna be longest historical context ever you're welcome <laughs> that's why this is 12 pages my computer is like um i can't handle this <laughs> okay oh man so now we're gonna talk about women in viking age scandinavia yes. Yes. all right so what do you think without looking at my what do you think women were like in viking age scandinavia i think they were legertha they were farmers that occasionally had to pick up a shield and a sword and go fight do you think they had equal rights to men no no good great because they didn't <laughs> i was like i know this is a pop quiz but the answer to that is usually <laughs> the no. answer to that is always no <laughs> like many traditional civilizations viking age society at home and abroad was essentially male dominated men did the hunting the fighting the trading and the farming while women's lives centered around cooking, caring for the farm, and raising children. I love how they make it farming for men, but caring for the farm and home. Well, yeah, they just cared for <laughs> they it. They cared for it. They, they just emotionally it. cared for it. They worked the farm, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and come on, out of hunting, fighting, training, and farming, raising children is probably the hardest task. Yeah. I'm just saying. Fair. I've never raised any of my own on purpose, but <laughs> <laughs> I raise cats, and it's basically the same thing, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Except way less messy. <laughs> All right. The majority of Viking burials found by archaeologists reflect these traditional gender roles. Men were generally buried with their weapons and tools and women with household items, needlework and jewelry. Also, fun fact, they wore oval brooches a lot. Okay. And so they were always buried with their oval brooches. So like they designate the women's. women's? Yeah. Okay. They designate women's graves by the brooches that they have in, in the early Viking age. Because they don't still have their hair, yeah. When they're skeleton, yeah. And this was before, like, we okay. could de- we could test DNA. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay. it was a man because they had weapons and tools. So we kind of like put this on them too. Like, if we found someone buried with weapons and tools, there's clearly a man. And if we found someone buried with and needlework, household brooch. items, and brooches, yeah. then it was, it was a woman. Okay. So even though it was traditionally male dominated. Um, women in Viking age Scandinavia did enjoy an unusual degree of freedom for their day. They could own property. They could request a divorce and reclaim their dowries. Wow, you could request one. Yeah, and reclaim their dowries if their marriages ended. Women tended to marry between the ages of 12 and 15. Not great. And families negotiated to arrange those marriages, but the women usually had a say in the arrangement. That's kind of cool. Yeah. If a woman wanted a divorce, she had to call witnesses to her home and marriage bed and declare in front of them that she had divorced her husband. Wow. Yeah. The marriage contract 
usually stated how family property would be divided up in case of a divorce. So if there so are, they had prenups. If there are any women listening, if you would like to break up with your boyfriend yeah. or husband, just, we will be your witness. Yeah, call yeah. us to your bedside. And if anyone, <laughs> if anyone contests the legitimacy of that divorce, be like, Vikings, bitches. <laughs> I guess Scandinavians. I'm sorry. Look, I even played into it. <laughs> Though the man was the quote-unquote ruler of the house, the women played an active role in managing her husband as well as her household. Norse women had full authority in domestic affairs, especially when their husbands were absent. A lot of them usually were because they were out raiding. Yeah. Uh, if the man of the household died, his wife would adopt his role on a permanent basis, hmm. single-handedly running the family farm or trading businesses. Well, that's good. At least it didn't just pass to the next man in line. Yeah. So she got to take full control of that. Oh no, he died in the Oh raid. no! Ma'am, that looks like your favorite knife. No, he took it with him. No, <laughs> for his good luck. Ma'am, it was found in his second rib. No, no, no. It's That's so weird. <laughs> Someone was angry. And he fell on it. Look, he makes a lot of people mad. <laughs> Many women in Viking age Scandinavia were buried with rings of keys, which symbolized their roles and power as household managers. Hmm. I already talked about the brooches, so I'm not going to talk about it again. <laughs> do you ever do that? Do you ever like mm-hmm. all the time preemptively say what you're going to say? <laughs> so one of the grandest burials ever found in Scandinavia from the Viking age belonged to the Osberg quote unquote queen. Is that my girl? No. Damn. Okay. Do you know, have you ever heard of the Osberg? Ship? No. Or I guess it's Os- Osberg, Oseberg, Osberg. Anyway, it's in Norway. It's in Norway. Okay. The Osberg <laughs> ship. <laughs> is a well-preserved, extravagantly decorated Viking ship discovered in a large burial mound at the Oseberg farm near Tonsberg, Norway, excavated in 1904. It is commonly acknowledged to be among the finer artifacts to have survived from the Viking era. Um, They expect, or they think it was buried around 834 CE. Okay. Hell yeah. So why is this so exciting other than it was just extravagantly decorated? Uh, the skeletons of two women were found in the grave with the ship. It is not clear which one was the more important in life or whether one was sacrificed to accompany the other in death. Death? Mm. <laughs> in death. Um, usually a slave, the whoever died, their slaves have the option of being sacrificed. Yes. To die with their, yeah, their quote-unquote masters. masters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they originally thought that one of them was a slave who had been sacrificed, but then they figured out that she died. They both died of natural causes. So they're like, mm, cause she had a broken collarbone. Okay. So they thought that was how they sacrificed her. But then at later in the years when, when technologies advanced, they figured out that it was actually, it had actually been healing for a couple of weeks. Oh, she okay. Was she was probably fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Either that or her husband beat her. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to yeah. go with fighting. <laughs> yeah. It sounds better. It feels better. <laughs> Um, the opulence of the burial rite and the grave goods suggest that this was a burial of very high status. It has been suggested that one of the women is Queen Asa, mother of Hafton the Black and grandmother of Harold Fairhair. Oh, okay. And the other woman may have been a slave sacrifice. Uh, this theory is still contested. They're not sure if it's Queen Asa because of the ages. Yeah. I think one of them was 80 and one of them was like 50. Oh, they thought okay. the other woman was like in her like 20s. Oh. But then later when they like tested With her DNA, DNA. Okay. they figured out she was in like her 50s. Why do I remember that? <sighs> we remember random things. That's a yeah. cool fact to remember. <laughs> yeah. So the theory is still contested. 
And later study of the remains indicated the woman believed to be a slave died of natural causes, like I said. Also, later in the 9th century, Odd the Deep-Minded, the daughter of a Norwegian chieftain in the Hebrides, Hebrides <laughs> islands off northern Scotland, married a Viking king based in Dublin. When her husband and son died, Odd uprooted her household and organized a ship voyage for herself and her grandchildren to Iceland where she became one of the colony's most important settlers. So that's just another instance of like, she took, her husband died, so she took everything because she now was in charge of everything and was like, we out. (laughs) I like that basically, at least in Norwegian society, if the man died, the woman got to inherit everything. That's definitely not the case in other cultures at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever's the closest male basically inherits it. I'm going to go into the literature where we find all of our Viking era, Viking age stuff, because none of it is actual Norse stuff. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, some of it is, but like, I'll go into it. So it must be noted (laughs) that many people in Viking societies and cultures practiced oral based traditions. The spoken word was one of the main sources of transmitting knowledge with sagas and skaldic poems, historical and legendary, between people, generations, or communities. Though some in Viking societies left us written forms of knowledge like runestones, much more has been lost as historical facts, stories, and anecdotes were eventually forgotten. Nonetheless, the image of the shield maiden has been passed down in several written sources. It has survived. But everyone's like, they're not real. They're fictional, bitch. They're real. <laughs> We've decided. We have decided. <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier, that quote was from um, Saxo Grammaticus. Uh, he was Grammaticus, sorry, I added way too many S's to that. <laughs> um, he was a 12th century Danish historian, theologian, and author. Okay. He is the author of Gesta Danorum, the first full history of Denmark written in Latin. It is from. This book, or these six books, or 16 books, I should say, where we get the legend of Amleth that would go on to inspire the story of Hamlet by Shakespeare. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So books one through nine deal with Norse mythology and semi-legendary Danish history. And then books 10 through 16 deal with medieval history. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the first nine volumes where we find mention of women warriors share a likeness with the works of Saxo's contemporary Snorri Sturluson. Sturluson? Snorri Sturluson. (laughs) You've never heard of Snorri Sturluson? He's like, he's very famous. And I'll tell you why. He's an Icelandic poet, historian, and politician thought to have authored or compiled portions of the prose Edda, a major source for North mythology. His parents were very nice to him. North mythology? Norse. Oh. I said his parents were very unkind to him yeah yeah, yeah. snorri <laughs> sturluson snorri is actually a pretty common viking name i think not viking scandinavian not, not kind yeah, yeah yeah it's not great <laughs> um so i want to make a note remember when i said that we he is not our friendly yes family friend he's not our fun family friend he's just the weird one yeah, yeah he's just the weird one that like shows up at family events and they're like what the fuck are you doing here what are you doing here you think i'm writing and i'm like go away <laughs> Okay. That's that's how we envision Saxo. Okay. So his depiction of women warriors is also colored by misogyny. Let's all what be shocked shock. together. <laughs> like most churchmen of the time, remember he's Christian. Okay. 
Saxo thought of women only as sexual beings. To him, the Viking shield maidens who refused this role were an example of the disorder in old heathen Denmark that was later cured by the church and a stable monarchy. Ew. Yeah. So, so this is why we like, hate him. You're abnormal and not confining yeah. to normal gender gen, gender, gender roles. <laughs> gender roles that I would Therefore, describe, you are yeah. evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are an evil temptress. Yes. Which is funny because like the way he describes them like doesn't sound like that. But then when you think of that, when you have that in the back of your mind, you're just yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're a dick. <laughs> like, you know, we read it as like, ooh, they're so cool. They're so awesome. And he's like, they're this disgusting they disgust me well yeah because they go against everything like a woman is supposed to be yeah. so it's like jokes on you saxo we love them now <laughs> yeah and it's all because of your depiction yeah thanks, thanks for thanks, that bye. thanks bye <laughs> all right so most of what we know about women warriors in the viking age comes from literary works including the romantic sagas saxo grammaticus called upon as some of his sources female warriors known as valkyries it's it's either Valkyries or Valkyries. I don't know. I'm going to say Valkyries because it's fun. Okay. <laughs> um, they may have, Val, Valkyries may have been based on shield maidens. Um, they're a prominent part of Old Norse literature. I will explain them a little more in depth a little further down. Okay. Given the prevalence of these legends, along with the greater rights, status, and power these women enjoyed... It certainly seems like women in Viking society did occasionally turn up arms and fight, especially when someone threatened them, their families, or their property. I just think that would that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to pick up the shield and the sword and fight you. What else are you going to do? You're, like, stuck caring emotionally for a farm. Yeah. <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> emotionally caring for a farm. Oh, good sheep. You're great. I don't know if I had sheep. <laughs> Could have gone with a goat, but here we are with sheep. I do. I did insert a quick note here that from what I read and the way it sounds, the prevalence of stories of strong warrior women and such freedoms for women decline as Christianity starts to spread throughout Scandinavian peoples. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So just be aware that like that also might be why we lose shield maiden lore is because Christians are like they're bad. Well, yeah, because you know they, they're not in the kitchen wish, making a sandwich. I really wish everyone saw like my they're supposed to be. <laughs> Look, Rachel, <laughs> we're tired of your goddamn sandwiches. As we throw the knife, you make it. You make it. Oh man, this is what I think of your sandwich. <laughs> you wanted me to cut off the crust, so I'm gonna cut off your head. I'm gonna cut off your crust. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Why is there crust? I don't know. I really want to see like a show where like people from the past are like transported in the future where women are strong and they're just like full-on panicking yeah (laughs) they have no idea what to do i can see her shoulders oh my god her ankles are bare (laughs) all right back to shield maidens maidens and scan maidens shield maidens and scandinavian women though relatively few historical records mention the role of women in viking warfare the byzantine era historian johannes i love that name Skylitzes is I started off strong. You you started off so strong. Where are you at? Johannes oh. Skylitzes. Even word is like that's not spelled right. I don't like I'm know aware. what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Johannes recorded women fighting with the Varangian Vikings. Yes. In a battle against the Bulgarians in 971 CE. Saxo Grammaticus wrote that communities of shield maidens dressed like men and devoted themselves to learning swordplay and other warlike skills. 
and that some 300 of these shield maidens held the field in the Battle of Bravelier? Bravelier. Bravelier. Anyway, Bravelier. Uh, a legendary battle said to have taken place in the mid-8th century. This concept of a strong warrior woman is portrayed in Swedish legend Blendasagnen. Blendasagnen. I do not envy you having to read these <laughs> names. I'm looking at them and I'm like, nope, I can't help you. <laughs> uh, this Swedish legend <laughs> tells of the heroine Blenda of Smaland. Smaland? That's not fun. It's not real, guys. I just made a weird accent and called it a day. Um, Blenda, who saves her country from invasion by the Danes by inviting the Danish warriors to a feast, getting them drunk, and together with her army of women, killing them all while they sleep. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yes. This story (laughs) first appears in print in the 17th century CE, though it is thought to be much older. Interesting. So it's probably one of those ones that was like passed down via oral tradition and then someone was like this is amazing we need to write it down do we know why (laughs) she decided to kill this troop of men um i'm from an invasion oh from an okay wow listen to the words coming out of my mouth (laughs) saves her country yes okay from an invasion Listen, never agree to sit down with your enemy at dinner, okay? It yeah, it never ends. Always well. ends bad. <laughs> Didn't it end bad with Grace O'Malley too? She just took people's heads yeah. off while giving birth. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> um, an Irish history book called The War of the Irish with the Foreigners. It's a very very descriptive title. Wow. From the 12th century. Vaguely xenophobic. Yeah. <laughs> gives us a list of Viking fleets that attacked Munster in the 10th century. The last of these fleets were led by a warrior woman called the Red Maiden. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Random fact. Yes. Munster There's... cheese comes from the city of Munster in Ireland. I learned that this year. Wow, Rachel, thank you so much for that random fact. <laughs> I know you guys wanted that. Yes, now we Some are all much the wiser facts. than cheese facts. <laughs> There is a character type. This is really cool. So there's a character type commonly found in Ridarasolgar. Say it faster with feeling. Ridarasolgar. Yes. That's not it. But anyway, <laughs> the chivalric sagas, um, they're called Maikonger. Maikonger. Maikonger? Or Maiden King. We'll go with Maiden King. Yeah, yeah. Like so that. the Maiden Kings are female rulers who refuse to share power upon their father's death. Hell but yeah. resume the title of kings in their own right. More often than not, these maiden kings are beautiful, intelligent, capable, extremely proud, and sometimes even cruel. They are desired and sought after by kings and princes as potential brides, yet they habitually execute their suitors until the saga hero comes along. That's who I was in a former life. Yes. <laughs> the saga hero, being the main character of the saga and therefore good at everything, would complete the impossible tasks set forth by the Mekongir or Maiden Kings and forces her into conforming to social norms. So we hate the saga hero. Despite their destined failure, Maiden Kings are nevertheless highly capable women who command respect. Hmm. Hell yeah. I like randomly found that and was like, I need to include this. I like how it's basically like, oh, these women inherit their lands from their father and they're full completely capable but we have to have this saga hero come in and be like no but actually you no do but actually you need me. me yeah and i will take over for you i will do the things yes. that you had to do because you had no choice and i will do them for you and then you will be my wife yes. there's the kitchen i like my pb and j without crust <laughs> without crust and she's like i'm gonna cut your fucking crust <laughs> that will actually come into play in one of our stories later oh. 
Perhaps the most famous shield maiden and Val- Valkyrie is Brynhildr, also known as Brunhild. Brunhild. She mm-hmm. is of the epic Volsunga saga. Uh, Ragnar Lothbrook's story is also in the Volsunga saga. Okay. Uh, Brynhildr is the main character whom Odin sticks with a sleep thorn and declares that she must marry after falling out of his favor. That's just rude, Odin. Yeah, she basically took the side of someone Odin wanted to lose and that someone won. So Odin was like, boo, and stuck her with a sleep thorn. sounds vaguely like reminiscent of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. But like in reverse. In reverse. Yeah. So she swore that she would not awaken to marry unless a man came who knew no fear. Odin places the sleeping Brunhild on Mount Hinderfell and surrounds her with a wall of shields. This is just like Sleeping Beauty, but with shields instead of thorns. (laughs) Yep. So Brynhildr can only be wed by a man who will ride through the flames around her tower. This is Sleeping (laughs) Beauty! I know! So this is the part that's annoying. So Gunnar, I don't know where he came from. This is like basically the heroes. He's dumb Philip. Yeah. So Gunnar is unable to do this, so Sigurd takes his shape and performs the deed for himself. Brynhildr brings about the demise of Sigurd at Gunnar's hands following the deceit, and she then kills herself after his death and is burned atop the same pyre as Sigurd. Hmm. Huh. Um, She basically, like, lied and said, well, according to the saga, she lied to uh, Gunnar and said, because Sigurd takes his shape, performs the deed, and they sleep in the marriage bed, but he f- puts his sword between his real physical sword, not, not his, his euphemism like, sword. Not his sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> puts his shiny iron sword, um, <laughs> or steel sword, in between them while they're sleeping. Um, but then... Her maidenhead. Yeah. But okay. then Brynhildr tells Gunnar that he took her virginity that night okay yeah so gunnar gets mad and is like i'm gonna kill you and he kills him and then oh no and she's like haha just kidding and then kills herself i didn't want to marry either of you yeah and i devised you this fucking plan. <laughs> and there's a very like famous picture of uh gunnar and brynhildr um washing in a stream or a pond or something mm-hmm. and she like moves because she doesn't want to get in the way of his i don't know like bravery in the stream or something like that. He's got and that's when Gunnar is like, Gunnar is like, okay, but wait, <laughs> it wasn't actually me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this saga was first inscribed sometime early in the 10th century at the pinnacle of Viking political power. So okay. fun and exciting. I had heard of Brunhild, but I had never like really known the story, known the story. And I love yeah. the story. It's fun. <laughs> so, the words Valkyries and Shield Maidens tend to be used synonymously, but there is a slight difference. Uh, Valkyries were a group of supernatural women and choosers of the slain. In the poetic Edda, 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 they act as guardians in Valhalla and allot death on the battlefield. Although shown carrying the dying from the midst of battle, they are rarely depicted participating in combat, although they are described as carrying spears. In Norse mythology, a Valkyrie guides the souls of fallen Vikings to two different locations. We kind of talked about those vacation, those locations in our Theodis uh, episode when we talked about Freya. Yes. So half of the deceased souls are led to Folkvanger, a metal ruled over by Freya, the Norse goddess of love, fertility, we and love war. We love Freya. We love our Freya. Freya is pulled by cats. Hell yeah. Um, she's obviously, because the Valkyries are synonymous with yeah. shield maidens, she's obviously... Very leader much. of the lake. Yeah, she is yeah. the ultimate shield maiden and Valkyrie. The head Valkyrie. Yes. 
And then the other half of the slain join Odin in Valhalla, an enormous hall in Asgard, to prepare to help Odin during the ending of the world, also known as Ragnarok. Valkyries, when they're not choosers of the slain, uh, they're, they bear mead for these warriors that are now known as Einherar, Einherar? in Valhalla <laughs> until Ragnarok. I didn't want to include that name because obviously it's hard to say, but I felt it should be included. I have to say, like, of all of the mythos that exist of, like, how you get taken into the afterlife, I love this one. Like, the idea that if you die in battle, the Valkyries can come take you on their chariot. Um, almost as much as I love the idea of um, uh, Hades and how you get to the underworld in Greek mythology through the river Styx. I just, I love it when... Yeah ancient mythology comes up with these very intricate ways to actually usher you to the yeah to the next life yeah, so you're not cool. alone when you go to the afterlife yeah i like it so the best description we have of valkyries in norse sagas comes from a poem i'm so mad at this name helgavida hundingspana helgavida helgakvida helgakvida hundingspana hundingspana the first uh this saga or this poem is found in poetic the poetic Eda collection Mm -hmm. helgi the hero of the saga is visited by a valkyrie named sigrun who can ride through the air and over the sea and who knows well about his warlike feats she embraces him and kisses him and he immediately falls in love with her however she's already promised to another (gasps) oh no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so as Helgi engages in a battle, the Valkyries come down to protect him. And this is a direct quote from the saga. Uh, Helmeted Valkyries came down from the sky. The noise of spears grew loud. They protected the prince. Then said Sigrun, the wound giving Valkyries flew. The troll woman's mount was feasting on the fodder of ravens. Mm. So keep that in mind that they the Valkyries flew around, fly around yeah. a battle because it'll come up later. All right, and here's later. <laughs> so we now know what shield maidens are. If you didn't know what shield maidens were before the episode, shame on you. You do now. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about two shield maidens that I love and whose stories I really, really like. Um, Rachel's really excited about the I'm first clapping. one. Uh, the first one is Legertha. Legertha! Legertha! We love you, Legertha. <laughs> You're the best part of Vikings. Obviously, Legertha is famous from Vikings on the History Channel, played yes. by the beautiful and Catherine amazing Winnick. Catherine Winnick. She does such a good job. Um, she's part of the reason why I just fell in love with Legertha. She but then is... She's just, like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, fierce but beautiful and intelligent. And By just... far the best character on that show. Yes, too. exactly. I Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it. I bawled Same. when she died. And yeah. then her fucking funeral, I was like, I can't do this. That was, like... It was so beautiful. I think that was best. my favorite part of all Her Vikings. death was one episode and then the funeral was another episode. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Mwah. Yeah. chef's kiss. Yeah, Perfect. she deserved a best full... Best death on the show. A full fucking episode Followed of... very closely by Ragnar. Yeah. And then at the end when she floated to the bottom of the the little bay yeah. outside of Cat's Cats and then she was with Ragnar. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a this isn't a <laughs> podcast about the show. In my dreams, we are always together. Yes. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about the real slash not real slash we're not sure. Lagatha. She's real. <laughs> She's real. It's you can't tell me anything else. <laughs> so her tale is recorded in passages of the ninth book of the Gesta Danorum, which is written by Sato. 
Mm. In his famous work, Saxo wrote of a shield maiden named Lagertha, who fought alongside the famous Viking Ragnar Lothbrok. Uh, in the saga, I believe he's Ragnar Lothbrod. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different variation. Yeah. She fought alongside Ragnar in the battle against the Swedes and so impressed Ragnar with her courage that he sought and won her hand in marriage. Hell yeah. I love how she deals with this, by the way. So her story begins with the death of the Norwegian king Seward during the invasion of Norway by Fro, king of Sweden. Fro put the woman of the dead king's family into a brothel for public humiliation. Rude. Hearing of this, Ragnar Lodbrok, so that's what he's like, or that's his name in the saga, having just succeeded his father Seward Ring as king in Denmark, came with an army to avenge his grandfather Seward. Lots of connections. Okay. <laughs> Ragnar is met at his camp by some of the women who had been scorned, dressed up in male attire and ready to join him to hunt down the Swedish king, for they'd rather die than be dishonored by Fro. In the ensuing successful battle, it is one maiden in particular, quote, who bore a man's temper in a girl's body, <laughs> end quote, stands out to Ragnar. He even goes so far as to attribute the victory to her might alone. This is, of course, our girl, Lagatha. Lagatha! She is described by Saxo as a skilled Amazon who, though a maiden, had the courage of a man and fought in front among the bravest with her hair loose over her shoulders. Hell All yeah. marveled at her matchless deeds, for her locks flying down her back betrayed that she was a woman. <laughs> Her flowing locks. Yeah, yeah. They, like, literally, they put so much emphasis because she did. She wore her hair down. Yeah. And that's how everyone knew she was a woman. If her, if she hadn't had her locks down, they would have thought she was a man by the yeah. way she fought. So, boom. Ragnar, so enthralled by her beauty and her beautiful locks, began courting Lagatha, who feigned interest. On the surface, Lagatha appears to welcome Ragnar's approach, but in secret, she despises his proposal. So just remember, Lagatha is this intense shield maiden who basically just like won a battle for Ragnar and he's like oh, yeah I love you I want to marry you and she's Same. like um fuck you <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm married to myself <laughs> <laughs> so she summons Ragnar to her home in Gualardal Valley which is present day Norway much easier to say <laughs> where he is set upon by her pet bear oh and giant <laughs> hound which Lagatha had guarding her home but Ragnar kills the bear with a spear and chokes the hound to That's death. Jerk. Excuse yeah. me. If yeah. you're trying to court me, don't kill yeah, my don't pets. Don't kill my pets. It there's there's some some sources I read where she did it on purpose, where she mm-hmm. like she summoned him and put the bear and the hound there and was like, if you can kill these, you, you can, can have my me. hand. Yeah. Um either way, Ragnar wins the hand of Lagertha. According to Saxo, Ragnar had a son with her, Fridleif, Fridleif, as well as two daughters whose names are not recorded. Because why would you record daughter names? What a way to be like, oh, you want to marry me? Here, um, you got to kill this bear first. Good luck. No, she doesn't even tell him. She's like, oh, yeah, come to my house. We'll have so much fun. Why is there a bear there? Oh, I know. (laughs) You should kill it to win Uh, my hand. uh, There is a bear There is a bear there. Why is there a bear there? So Ragnar remains in Norway for three years with Legertha before civil war in his own Danish kingdom calls him back home. Because, yes, he's still king of Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) He 
it's just not there yeah yeah he's like oh, i found a wife in norway so. listen okay y'all can run yourselves yeah if i leave i might have to fight a bear again to get back yeah here, so. so i don't want to do that <laughs> king herod of sweden whose daughter tora i think it's tora has been raising snakes who grow out of control <laughs> because why Offers his daughter's hand to whoever can rid them of their slight problem. Snakes are not a slight problem. They're a big problem. <laughs> anyway. And Ragnar, quote, changing his love and desiring Torah, divorced himself from Lagerda. Lagerda is what she's mm-hmm. shown as in the sagas. For he thought ill of her trustworthiness, remembering that she had long ago set the most savage beasts to destroy him. The bitch held a grudge for three fucking years. He was like, I'm still mad about that. Hey, you had the option to walk away, sir. Yeah. You knew I was a shield maid and you knew it wasn't going to be easy. (laughs) So he leaves his son Fridleif in charge of his men and goes to fight the snakes alone because snakes. I thought that was interesting because that's how Ragnar dies. That's how he dies. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) The snake pit. Yeah. So afterwards, he divorces Lagertha and marries Tora. I want to not hate Tora, but like you can't divorce Lagertha. Yeah. Sorry. That's why we hate um, Aslog. Yeah. Yeah. And Vikings. Yep. I almost talked about Aslog in here, but I was like, no. <laughs> Still mad. She's not a shield maiden, though, right? She, She's more of a seer. Well, she has a, sh- a couple shield maiden instances, mm. but it's her defending her sons. Gotcha. So. I was like, mm. So, anyway. Lagertha also remarries to a king who is not named by Saxo. That makes me so happy. He doesn't name a king because Lagertha. Listen, you're not that important, okay? It's just about Lagertha and her bear. Yeah. But she she is said to have, quote, strong feelings of her former lover running in her veins and is later asked for aid by Ragnar again in his squabbles in his homeland because there's nothing but civil war in Denmark, apparently. Yeah. Not only does Lagertha agree to this and offer 120 ships to, quote, the man who had once put her away, end quote. I would be so mad. (laughs) She herself once again plays a decisive role in the battle. When hope is wavering, Ragnar's son Seward is wounded and all seems to be lost. Lagertha turns the tide, leading a courageous counterattack that ensures their victory. I feel like this romantic drive of Lagertha's in the saga is like put in there by Saxo. Yeah. He's like, you can't just want to be a war. This has to be, it's about Ragnar. Yeah. Clearly that's it. It is yeah. about Ragnar. It is not because well, this, you want to fight. Yeah. Him. And this is technically Ragnar's story. She's yeah. just Ragnar's love. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's awesome. So clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is what Saxo writes of the battle. Lagder, Lagderda, I'm just going to say Lagertha, guys, because it's much easier. Please this do, is very yeah. confusing. <laughs> Lagertha, who had a matchless spirit, though a delicate frame, because he has to keep saying a delicate frame. <laughs> She's so delicate. She can barely <laughs> lift the sword that she used to chop off yeah, my head. Yeah. <laughs> Covered by her splendid bravery, the inclination of the soldiers to waver. For she made a sally about and flew round to the rear of the enemy, taking them unawares, and thus turned the panic of her friends into the camp of the enemy. At last, the lines of Harold became slack, and Harold himself was routed with a great slaughter of his men. Hell yeah. So basically, she she took that panic that mm-hmm. everyone else was feeling and, like, Refocused made so it. much chaos oh. that it kind of, like, moved away from her people and nice. over to the, yeah, and over to the Very enemy. Clever. Hell yeah. So her flying around recalls the image of the Val- Valkyries. 
It has also been suggested oh, okay. that Saxo's Legertha is the same figure as Port Porgier. I'm not going to say it. She has an anglicized name of Thorgerd Holgabruder, a female deity who acts as Earl Hacken's protector in Homvikigna saga. Oh yes. <laughs> These names. Yeah, yeah. So basically, there are a lot of instances and bits and pieces that when you look at them, Okay. Next to this female deity, there's a lot of commonalities. Dang. Deity. <laughs> there's a lot of commonalities. So they're like, did he pull from her to like create Legertha? Maybe. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. She does have, I mean, I'm going based off Vikings. But yeah. She has very like otherworldly qualities yeah. to her. So, so I, re- I started rewatching Vikings as I was yeah, um, researching this. And they make mention of the the bear and the hound. Oh, okay. they make a lot of mentions. Hi, Thor. Um, to her to their story, and I never noticed them before because again, Vikings is where I met the being of Ragnarok. Like, yeah, he'll, I, she literally I, makes a joke about, or yeah. he or she, she make makes a, joke a joke about yeah. the bear and the hound. I, I vaguely remember. And that, like yeah. you, you don't think about it, but then like when you know, you're like, <gasps> yeah. So yeah, rewatching it is really fun. <laughs> so after all of this after he's married to someone else she helps him win this ba- another battle and she returns home uh where she quarreled with her husband who she, again she remarried she quarrels with her husband and slew him with a spearhead as she concealed in her gown so that scene from the, the marriage scene, scene yeah. yeah also a play on on the saga she did say yeah she would get him back yeah so Saxo concludes her story with, quote, usurped the whole of his name and sovereignty for this most presumptuous dame thought it pleasanter to rule without her husband than to share the throne with him, end quote. Okay, I'm going to amend my previous statement. I want that on my team. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I want that added to the end. Yes. <laughs> so that is Legertha. Hell yeah. From Saxo Gematicus's one of the eight Gesta Denorum. Yeah. Yeah. One of the sagas. Yeah. Cool. Hell She's yeah. Freaking badass. I love it. Hell yeah. Which we knew. Yeah. We knew it. that. But like, <laughs> we, we knew, didn't but we didn't know. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So are you ready for our next Shield Maiden, who I, I love so much, who yes. is also in a Vikings. different Viking? Yes. Vikings Valhalla. Yes. And I kind of knew about her, like, I knew her background. And I kind of knew the stories going into Vikings Valhalla and going into this research. But again, we didn't know. Yeah, that's every <laughs> every story we tell. It's like, you know, but we didn't know. Well, yeah. who is this woman? So have you ever heard of Freydis Eriksdottir? Yes. Yes. Because of Vikings Valhalla and because of you. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we think she is real. Okay. Lagertha, we're not sure. Yeah. We think she might be just fictional. But she's real in our hearts she's and minds. Real, yeah. To us, physical <laughs> damsels, just hot takes. Yes, um, she's real. Lagertha is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Science be damned, she's real. <laughs> uh, Freydis Eric's daughter was. Was born... she Eric's daughter? She was definitely Eric's daughter. <laughs> um, it says she lived nine seventy to ten oh four CE. Okay. Um, it says because I'm not sure if it's real. Yeah, but it's like we're not like hundred percent convinced, but like. We're pretty sure. We're pretty sure she's real. 
So she was either a great woman warrior or an evil conniving murderess, depending on which of the two stories about her one reads. Yes. So I've heard this before. Yes. (laughs) Freydis appears in Eric the Red saga, where she is the heroine. And the saga of the Greenlanders, where she is the villainess. Oh, cool. Yes. I like so, it. So I'm going to do a brief background just because we like backgrounds yes. here on Difficult Damsels. The infamous Viking Eric the Red, who I mentioned earlier, was relocated from Norway to Iceland along with the rest of his family as a result of his father's banishment for crimes of murder. Murder. Damn it! Eric later followed in his own father's footsteps when he found himself banished from Iceland for crimes of. Mirder. <laughs> Maybe don't kill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where she comes from. It's pretty fun. This is her family. The Viking had stumbled across new land, which he now called the Greenland or Greenland, which he discovered and founded. Was it because it was very green? No. <laughs> no. I just love like the more you look into names, you're like, oh, Greenland. And then you think about it, you're like, oh, it's because the land was green. Isn't Greenland <laughs> the one that's like barren though? No, that's Iceland. No, I'm pretty sure Greenland is barren and Iceland is not. Well, parts of I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Write us, tell us. <laughs> We're not geography majors, clearly. Uh, when Eric's banishment, so that's their father. Uh, when Eric's banishment ended three years after the discovery of Greenland, he returned to Iceland and gathered 500 men who would return to Greenland with him to start a settlement. So was Eric and Freydis? Freydis? Freydis. Freydis. Their father was the berserker, right? From Vikings Valhalla? Yes. That was exiled? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. that in the story? Are you going to tell us? I, I well, just jump ahead? I, he, they don't really, I, I don't really go into their father. I just want you to know that their father was banished for murder. And then Is Leif. Is he a berserker? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't because he was a berserker. He just murdered someone. Okay. So it was during his time in Iceland that Eric met his wife, Fjodhild. Fjodhild? Sure. <laughs> Who would become the mother of Leif Erikson. Fjodhild is the only known wife of Eric, and while we know that Leif was Eric's son, it is unclear in the legends whether Freydis was a legitimate daughter or the product of an affair because she's introduced as his sister in one saga, oh. or as, as Leif's sister in one saga, and his half-sister in another saga. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So... All we know is that they had a relationship that resembled that of a brother and a sister. Scandalous. Scandalous. Not, not them. This isn't, <laughs> these aren't the Ptolemies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is all important considering the exploring nature of the family as Freydis would also follow in the family business of exploration and discovery and also murder. Near dear. <laughs> <laughs> the saga of the Greenlanders is a crude version of the accounts that happened to the Norse in Vinland somewhere in North America. yes. Norse people discovered North America some 500 years before Columbus. I already said that, but it felt like it should be mentioned Yeah, twice. let's put those statues up. Yeah, I want those statues. Freydis does have a statue. I'll show it to you <gasps> later. Really? <gasps> yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Freydis, Freydis's, oh God, Freydis's experiences <laughs> in Vinland are relayed in chapter eight of this saga, which describes her as Leif Erikson's full sister and portrays her as a very haughty woman and... She had been married mainly for money. Basically, this whole thing is like, she. this is the story of her being a villainess. Oh, okay. So she's only out for money. She's only... Well, she's haughty. So yeah. she probably is just opinionated yeah. and tells people when they're being stupid. Yeah. So she is... So clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, or she just asks for things that belong to her. Weird. Mm-hmm. 
So this is the most famous account we have of Freitas. So again, we are in the saga of the Greenlanders. Okay. We're after yes, after the success of expeditions in Vinland, led by Leif Erikson, Porvalder Erikson, and Porfinir Karlesvni. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yes, Freitas wanted the prestige and wealth associated with a Vinland journey. Yeah. <laughs> That's my kids for you. She made a deal. You you guys are just going to hear a weird chirping sound in the background. You're just going to have to deal with it. It is Loki. She made a deal with two Icelandic men, Helgi and Finbogi, that they should go together to Vinland and share all profits half and half. They, she's very explicit. Like, what a half and concept. Half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freitas asked her brother Leif, again, who had been to Vinland and back, for permission to use the homes and stables that he had built in Vinland during his own exploits, and he agreed that they could all use the houses. All. Helgi and Finbogi agreed that they would bring the same number of men and supplies as Freitas, but Freitas smuggled five more men into her ship that she kept hidden Ooh. below deck, giving her an advantage that the brothers did not discover until they reached Vinland. Scandalous. Right? She knows. She knows. So Helgi and I'm just going to call them the brothers from now on. That's fine. <laughs> the brothers arriving early took refuge in the houses. When Freitas arrived, she ordered the brothers to move as the houses were her brothers and meant for her and that they needed to build their own homes. Ooh. Right. Okay. She's like, I asked you didn't. This was the first of many disagreements between Freitas and the brothers during their journey. Discord mounts over the winter until the two parties are no longer speaking to each other. Oh, the brothers set up a settlement separate from Freitas and her crew. Freitas eventually went to the brothers' hut and asked how they were faring. Well, responded the brothers, but we do not like this ill feeling that has sprung up between us. The two sides made a sort of kind of peace. Okay. But they are still mad at each other. Well. And, and there was mention of, like, for a long time, both crews, like, they were mad at each other. <laughs> says the bird That's in the background. What That's like. what it sounded like. They're just chirping at each other. Um, they were like mad at each other and you could feel the tension, but they were still playing games and, and interacting with each other. They were just, you know, you could feel the tension. There's just a lot of like silent stonewalling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make them stop, but they looked up at me and they were so Yeah, cute. they're so cute. She's talking about my kittens. They're playing with their favorite toys. So we're just going to let it happen. <laughs> It's fine. This is what happens when you have a podcast and six cats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Typical damsels and cats, six cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to our story. One night, as Freitas lie in bed with her husband, because she did bring her husband along, she decided to get up and go visit the brothers. A barefooted Freitas, bearing her husband's cloak, arrived at the brothers' door where she met with Finbogi. Of course, it has to be that one. <laughs> alone, as everyone else was still sleeping. The two talked and agreed that the groups would trade ships, quote, because you have a bigger ship than I do, and I would like to get away from here, end quote. Who said that? Freitas. Freitas, okay. When she returned to her husband, Freitas claimed that she had offered to buy the brother's ship, but the brothers had beaten and maltreated her, and, calling him a coward, demanded that her husband exact revenge on her behalf, or else she would divorce him. <laughs> she gathered his men and surprised the brothers, as well as the men in their camps while they were sleeping, tied them up and dragged them from their houses one by one. This is a quote from the saga. 
Freitas had each one killed as he came out. Soon all the men were killed and only women remained, but nobody wanted to kill them. Then Freitas said, get me an axe. This was done. She then struck at the five women there and left them dead. This is not from the book. Freitas got what she wanted, which was great profit from the venture. Because again, profit, not profit. Profit from the (laughs) the venture. Because again, she's greedy. She just wants money. That's the only reason she's here. Yeah, she's very conniving. Yeah. Evil for no reason. Yeah, this is the villainous story, remember. (laughs) So this is another excerpt from the book. In early spring, they loaded the ship that had belonged to the brothers with as much produce as they could get hold of and as the ship could bear. Mm-hmm. So again, she's only in this for what she can get. Freitas, to conceal her treachery, threatened death. There are some say threatened, some say bribe. I guess it just depends on how you translate. Yeah. Threatened death to anyone who told of the killings. She went back to Greenland after a year's stay and told her brother Leif Erikson that the brothers had decided to stay in Finland. Oops. I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah, they are there. (laughs) It wasn't really a decision of theirs, but they are definitely still in Finland. Six feet underground. (laughs) I don't know if six feet was the thing back then, but they're underground. (laughs) They have dirt in their mouths. (laughs) However, word of the killings eventually reached Leif. He had three men from Freitas' expedition tortured until they confessed to the whole occurrence. Thinking ill of the deeds, Leif still did not want, quote, to do that to Freitas, my sister, which she has deserved, end quote. However, he remarked that he foresaw Freitas's descendants having little prosperity. The, the saga concludes that no one thought anything but ill of her and her husband. That story reminds me a little bit, like, not completely, but basically of the story of Morgan Le Fay and Arthur. Yeah. How she was like the evil conniving half-sister that yep. wanted his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, it's always the woman. It's always the woman. It's never the bitch of a man. Anyway, (laughs) moving on to the second saga that we see her in. It's the saga of Eric the Red. Eric the Red is their father. It was written after the saga of the Greenlanders. Want to point that out? This saga portrays Freitas as a notable and strong woman, the half-sister to Leif Erikson. In the saga, she is a brave and fearless woman who had saved her people from an ensuing war that would have ended in bloodshed aplenty. Yep. Freitas joined an expedition to Vinland led by Porfinir Karlsefni. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's good to me. Karlsefni. <laughs> yeah. That guy. <laughs> but it is only mentioned once. She is only mentioned once in the saga when the expedition was attacked by natives. The Norsemen had settled and traded with the natives peacefully before it eventually deteriorated into hostility, as it does, ultimately leading to a battle, because no one can get along. Mm. The natives, equipped with war slings or catapults, stealthily attacked the expedition's camp at night and shot at the warriors. Many of the Nordic invaders panicked, having never seen such weaponry, much to the chagrin of Freitas, who tried to urge the men to stay and fight. As men fled during the confusion, Freitas who was eight months pregnant, admonished them, saying, (laughs) Why run you away from such worthless creatures, stout men that ye are, when, as seems to me likely, you might slaughter them like so many cattle? Let me but have a weapon. I know I could fight better than any of you. Damn. She's eight months pregnant! she's like listen you can dodge the catapults okay yeah i know they look scary but they're slow look just zig and fucking zag and you'll be fine (laughs) 
you are cowards. Give me a sword. I'll show you how it's done. Look <laughs> at Bucky. He's like, yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's, she's great. So after being ignored, Freydis did the next logical thing. She stopped at the side of a dead Viking, took up his sword, and waited for the sword. And waited for the locals <laughs> to reach her. I can't say sword right. I'm sorry. <laughs> when the horde of local men saw Freydis, they stopped and she proceeded to scream in a language unknown to the locals. Oh. And, quote, freeing one of her breasts from her shift, oh she smacked the sword with it. End quote. <laughs> That's not how boobs That's work. not necessary. The locals were so afraid of this act of rattling her sword against her breasts as if they were a shield. <laughs> That Freyda single-handedly won the battle as she watched the locals flee. I'd run real. too if that a bitch like real. opened her that shift and was like, "Fuck you!" and like slapped her boobs. Like she is strong because that shit hurts. You want to know how <laughs> we know the sagas were written by a man? Yeah, because she revealed her breast for no reason other than she could. And then she mind you, she's eight sword. months pregnant and she's the only person fighting back. And she slapped her sword. But like, imagine, imagine you're like all these bitches are running from us. Great, we've got this battle in hand. And then this eight-month pregnant female turns the fuck around and is like, roar! And like, no, I'd, I'd run to. I'd be like, you know what? I don't need this. And oh my God. they Vikings Valhalla definitely capitalizes on that because like the part of the story is like she, the way she yells is just so ferocious yeah. that it like freaks them out. Again, she's speaking in a language they don't know. She's banging a sword against her chest, like her breasts are fucking shields. Well, yeah. <laughs> So they, they definitely capitalize that, that on the show. Though. Like my boob hurts. Just yeah, I know. About that. If I was a woman, I'd be like, oh. I mean, I am a woman. But like I'm saying, if I was a woman <laughs> on the other side and someone did that, it's I'd be like, like she, you have something to tell me. She is formidable. <laughs> she can withstand being that hit by a sword. That is the thing I've ever heard. Right? Because of how ridiculous it is. <laughs> After this battle, the Norsemen decided that North America was too hostile for their liking and they returned to Greenland. They're like, we don't need to see Freydis' boobs yeah. smacking another sword again. Look, that was, that was quite terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, it made us look really dumb. Right? <laughs> so that is Freydis from the saga of Eric the Red. Hell yeah. Yeah. So obviously we're going to go with the second one. Yeah. Simply because okay I can't... with conniving Freydis too. Like, I'm yeah. sure... I'm sure something happened yeah. where, like, she had reason for it. Like, yeah. I want to be sure that something happened where she had reason to, like, be mad at the brothers. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's how I fan, fan canon. Fan canon? <laughs> Head canon. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So those are our two shield maidens. Woohoo! So now, so I started researching this and I wanted to write this episode as, like, a shield maidens are real and this is why. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to talk about Shield Maidens, Truth or Tale. Okay. So the topic of whether Shield Maidens truly existed as a whole or are largely fictional characters is still largely debated. Literally, they're still fighting over it. The lack of written historical literature directly from Scandinavian peoples gives way to misinterpretation and fantasizing of mm-hmm. their way of life through the eyes of their enemies and Old Norse literature. And fetishizing. Yes, and fetishizing for sure. Deserved. Because <laughs> churchmen. <laughs> So I will point out that uh, in the 1870s, a Swedish archaeologist uncovered a Viking era burial chamber on the island of Bjorko. (laughs) That's a fun word. (laughs) A body was found collapsed from a sitting position wearing silk garments with silver decorations. For 128 years, the skeleton was believed to be a fallen male warrior, again, because it was equipped with, quote unquote, male burial gifts or whatever. 
Yet in 2014, an analysis of the pelvic and mandibular bones, uh, along with DNA evidence, provided scientific evidence that the skeleton was indeed female. Along with the garments, the skeleton was buried with an axe, a sword, and a game set consisting of a strategic game, all tools of the trade for warriors who not only dealt with violence regularly, but also needed to fine-tune their strategic thinking skills. That's cool. Yeah. So the recent discovery that the skeleton is indeed female has led many historians, archaeologists, anthropologists, sociologists, and scientists to rethink and reassess and rewrite what is known about Viking society, culture, and history. Judith Jesch, who I mentioned earlier, writing the women in Viking in the Viking Age, has noted that the interpretation of the Burka Sweden warrior's grave as that of a woman warrior is symptomatic of a general 21st century fascination with Viking female Viking warriors. Judith comments. I have always thought, and to some extent still do, that the fascination with women warriors, both in popular culture and in academic discourse, is heavily, probably too heavily, influenced by 20th and 21st century desires. So basically, she's of the mind that we are strong women now, so strong women had to have existed, Mm -hmm. which, yeah. Well, that may be, there was obviously an equally strong fascination of strong warrior women in the past, as evidenced by the work of Saxo Grammaticus and the Norse sagas. It seems clear that Norse culture valued women enough to not only include female deities in their pantheon, Mm -hmm. but also attribute to them the same martial skills and ability to determine their own fate as men were allowed. Yeah. We here at Difficult Damsels are not historians, archaeologists, anthropologists, sociologists, or scientists. And as much as we'd love to dive into the rabbit hole of do they or don't they exist, the debate is still up for discussion and research. We do, however, fully commit to being on the side of do they, based solely on our desire for shield maidens to have been real, whether in great numbers or limited instances. We do know that women migrated and traveled with their male counterparts, so what's to say some didn't take up arms to defend their homes and their families? Hell yeah. So are you of the same mind? Absolutely. I kind of spoke for you, but I, I know that you are Whoa, of the same like, mind. <laughs> you you even pointed out, and I think the best evidence for it is honestly their own mythology that they, they created. Yeah. Because they created gods to literally personify like human emotion and behavior. So the fact that they have female warrior gods and female warrior women um, so venerated in their mythology makes me think that, you know... Yeah. yeah, of course they have it because they have real life examples of it. Yeah, we don't, I mean, even authors nowadays, you know, fiction authors, authors nowadays, they don't just pull their ideas out of their ass. No. They come from somewhere. Yeah. There is something somewhere that they had to have pulled from. Yeah. To even, even Saxo, who was like, ooh, they're bad, they're heathens. He obviously saw something somewhere, yeah. a woman somewhere dressed in men's clothing. Yeah. That signifies that they are... They existed. Plus, we have plenty of evidence of other um, female warriors existing around this time period in yeah. different cultures. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Weird. It continues to happen. Just because you try to suppress it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so I will end this on a portion of the quote that I read from the beginning because it is just so empowering to me. Are you ready for this? Yes. As if they were forgetful of their true selves, they put toughness before allure, aimed at conflicts instead of kisses, tasted blood, not lips, sought the clash of arms rather than the arms embrace, fitted to weapons, hands which should have been weaving, desired not the couch but the kill, 
and those they could have appeased with looks, they attacked with glances. I reamend my yeah. amending for I earlier. Want that is on my tombstone. Yeah, just this. Like I, I right love there. the um aimed at conflicts instead of kisses, tasted blood, not lips. Yeah. I love that part. It's beautiful. Yeah. I want that as a tattoo now. Yes. Fuck like you. On your lips. Yeah, on my lip, like right there. <laughs> the whole thing. Good luck. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, so I had a, a lot of sources from for this episode. I had the book by Judith Jinch, Women in the Viking Age. Um, we had thevikingherald.com, britannica.com, lifeinnorway.net, avaldsnes.info, history.com, fjordtours.com, womenshistorynetwork.org, that's fun, <laughs> worldhistory.com, wikipedia, historynaked.com, and thehistorianshut.com. Damn. Fuck yeah. I had like yeah. 8 billion tabs open, which is why my computer hated me. <laughs> and then for funsies, um, I decided to include the My Episode playlist because I was nice. listening to Wardruna, Ivar, Helung, and Danheim the oh, entire time yeah. I was writing this episode yes. when I wasn't watching Vikings. Good job. Congratulations. <laughs> that was a great episode. Woo! So that is Shield Maidens. Yay. They're awesome. We love them. Hell yeah. They, instead of kisses, taste blood on the lips. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just um, think, I just, it's just such an empowering quote, think, even if it's from an asshole. I think that's a art that should just be a random question for the episode is, do you believe they were yes or no? And yeah, yes, I do. 100% fully. Yeah. Because that's just too awesome not to believe. I mean, you had also mentioned we literally, whoever found um, these ancient Norsemen and women buried, we decided oh yeah men are buried with the weapons yeah women are buried with the oval brooches and, and the- that was clearly proven wrong yeah. by the burka skeleton yes. yeah so yeah and honestly like you have to think about it too these women were left on their own on their farms while their yeah. husbands were away vikinging 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 it's raiding. a bird now no vikinging <laughs> it's a raid it's a raid yeah. <laughs> um and then a lot of them migrated with their men folk to wherever they were landing or settling yeah they clearly had to have some like breadth of will and determination to be able to do that and then again you're in a new land your husband's probably off fighting someone yeah. you have to be able to defend yourself anyway you have to think too like if all of the able-bodied men are raiding potentially like in other countries for months at a time yeah that leaves you vulnerable to any of the men that are left behind. Yeah, and you would think your men wouldn't leave you that vulnerable. You would like, think they but... would think you would think that they would leave you knowing, okay, exactly. my girl can defend my town exactly. when I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think, especially a culture like that, it makes sense that women would at the very least be be trained to defend. Yeah, and I like the idea that Vikings Valhalla is kind of. Um, doubling down on is like the shield maidens are like an elite yes. class of women. Yeah. They like it. Yeah. You have your own. And you know that the scaredy cat Christians of the time are going to be like, oh no, they're scary. We can't, they can't be in existence. They have to die with the pagan well, religion. Yeah. Because for them, women, again, were just in the kitchen making sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Dreaming of cutting off your crust. Um, <laughs> a few of the women were able to actually like do the, 
lot of the paintings you see from that era, but it, that even was a huge thing. It's like, oh my God, you picked up yeah. a paintbrush. How so, dare you? Speaking of paintings, yeah. we have pictures. Yes. We have pictures. So that we've already seen. Legertha. I put a whole collage of Legertha, Catherine Winnick from Vikings, because that is the image we yes. have in our head when you say shield maidens. Our girl Lagatha appears with her millions with of her braids. beautiful braids that change and get more aggressive the, as the seasons progress. The locks of <laughs> hair that identified her on the battle. So that is the Osberg ship. Uh, okay. It's in the Viking Ship Museum in Norway. Oh, that's cool. Yep. This is a tapestry found with the ship. Okay. Um, it tells a visual story of a, a religious procession. Many of the figures, also women, carry spears. Oh. So why are these women carrying spears yeah, if they are not warriors? there you go. There's more evidence. Right? <laughs> so this is a picture stone of, oh my God, say that word for me. Lib jars. Lib jars. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Showing a helmeted woman receiving a man with a horn of mead. On picture stones, the recurring motif of a woman receiving a man with a horn is generally interpreted as a dead man being received by a Valkyrie oh. in Valhalla. Because again, they are the cup bearers basically in Valhalla when they're not okay. reaping souls. Interesting. The Valkyrie from Harby, Harby, silver gilt figurine depicting a female with a sword and shield, often interpreted to be a Valkyrie. However, Valkyries are usually depicted holding spears, not swords. Hmm. So, i.e. shield maiden. Yes. <laughs> Um, this is a copy, an original page from mm. Saxo Grammaticus Gesta Danorum, The Deeds of the Danes. Uh, it's written in Latin. I don't know if I mentioned that. That's cool. You did. Yeah. So Because a... it's written by a Christian monk, I'm guessing. Yep. yep. So that is a picture of Shield Maiden Lagertha. Lagertha with her long locks. <laughs> it is pictured in the lithogra lithography by Morris Meredith Williams in 1913. Okay. And then where did that other picture go? That is a picture of... The female deity that she is oh, yeah. thought to have been inspired by. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was cool. going to read that, but I already read it. And that is a statue Ooh. of Freydis Eric's daughter in Damn. Reykjavik, Iceland. That is a cool ass right? statue. She's, she's standing. She's got, it looks like armor, but also a dress. Mm -hmm. She's got a giant ass sword, her shield, and then there's a lion lion sitting at her feet yes it's beautiful oh yeah and then this is a sketch of the archaeological grave found and labeled bj 581 it is the burka grave in sweden that they figured out was a woman mm -hmm. cool yep so that's just what she looked like when Neat. she was buried there at least has to be limited cases of women picking up picking up the sword and the shield and acting as warriors awesome yeah Hell yeah. So that's Shield Maidens for you. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Congrats. That was a good episode. Thanks. That was your guys' reverse damsel. As we mentioned before, you can support our podcast by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you happen to be listening to this in your ear holes right Hell now. yeah. <laughs> You're already one step ahead by listening. Yes. You're supporting us that way. We appreciate the shit out of it. Absolutely. But rate us, review, and subscribe. Five stars <laughs> only. We will maybe give you four. <laughs> you can reach us by emailing us at difficult.damsels at gmail.com. We are also on social media. Thor is now our social media manager. Um, <laughs> we are Difficult Damsels of the Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, guys, like our shield maidens... Kisses, not 
or <laughs> blood not kisses i don't blood know not kisses yes. <laughs> blood not kisses on our lips kills not couches <laughs> legal reasons we're kidding stay difficult stay difficult